What's up, everybody? This is Marlins in-game host, Mike B., and you're listening to Fish Across the Pond, Marlins UK podcast with Peter Pratt. Cheers from the 305. Hello and welcome to episode 89 of Fish Across the Pond. It's a Marlins UK podcast. I'm your host, Peter Pratt. And joining me this week, of course, the UK Goats, Lee Dobbs. Lee, how are we doing? I know, it's good as always. Good man, Sean Barrett. Looking sharp, I must say. No one can see him, but I can. Looking sharp. How are we doing, buddy? Yeah, thanks. Yeah, doing well here by the skin of my teeth, but... Ready to go. <laughs> He's been working. We're recording at half nine uh, p.m. UK time. Sean, fresh off a shift, so uh, appreciate it, buddy. In the cleanup spot, Rob Newell. Rob, how are we doing? I'm fine. I've always been a fan of jazz, but it's good to see there's a bit of resurgence of the uh, of the style. Absolutely is. I I've got to be honest, jazz, the music anyway. I've always wanted to get into it. I put it in. I listen to something. I listen to a playlist, jazz playlist. Just can't do it. I <laughs> just can't do it. Uh, after a few minutes, bored the tits off me. So, um, you know, <laughs> maybe you're more of a, a musical connoisseur, Rob Newell. I think that's probably true. Um, but anyway, guys, we record as always on a Tuesday. Um, we've had an off day yesterday. We are going to start uh, this, this evening's show with effectively the breaking news, it, it, you know, it broke a few hours ago, but, um, you know, here's, here's the chain reaction. Starling Marte uh, in his final at-bat on, uh, on Sunday in a real clutch spot, actually. There was no better player wanted at the plate for that, that at-bat. One-on-one count, uh, Marte um, hurt himself. The Marlins pulled him out and Georgie Alfaro took over. But anyway, we all were praying that it was good news in Marte. I'm not actually sure if it was good news, bad news, medium news, like effectively a fractured rib is the, is the prognosis. Um, on the IL, so a 10-day stint uh, at least. And the corresponding move, guys, this is where things get tasty. Well, maybe not. I don't know. But this is what we need to dive into. Sweet Lou is back up. Lewis is back up from the alternate training site and he is starting. He is straight in at center field. No Mag Sierra, no John Birdie, no Corey Dickerson, no shuffling of the pack. Lewis is up and he is in. Lee Dobbs. Firstly, let's start with, with Marte, if we can. Um, you know, earlier in the series, he hit an absolutely huge three-run yeah. bomb. Marte. Is there any way of replacing him, though, really, truly, from a Marlins perspective? Because the dude, to me, he is—he looks like our best player. Yeah, you know, like I say, it's such a tough, tough blow, you know, for for the team. You know, just as we were getting, you know, on a roll, you know, you know the, the wins were coming. So now to lose, you know, our best player, you know, probably our all-star, you know, it, you know, it's a real, real, like, you know, tough, tough, tough blow. And I mean, it's, the injuries that just seemed so. I mean, he just seemed to swing and then then felt it. You know, it didn't look like like anything happened, but a fractured rib. You know, from, you know, from doing that, 
you know, it, it just seemed so so odd. And then, yeah. uh, and then that that next swing, he failed it again, and then you could sense that some, something was wrong. Yeah. You know, then, 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 then obviously he was he was done. You know, for the game. So yeah, you know, it's, it's a real tough blow, and and no, I, I don't think we can can you know you know replace him with you know like you know with, with Brinson. We won't get anywhere similar, you know, you know numbers. But I mean, we we're going to have to try and plow on and hope that it is only a few weeks. I saw someone tweet that come who it was had an injury similar last season and he was out for a whole month. Yeah, so it was Austin Hayes, the, the player you're talking about. The same, same injury prognosis anyway, and you know, four weeks he was out. It was only a month, I suppose. It's good news, you know, on the whole. I guess only be a month, you know, if it is that. But we're just kind of try and try and muddle on with Brinston and Mags, I guess, you know, in centre. Yeah, I guess so. And, and for me, with with Marte uh, and you know, Lee, I'll, I'll get your take on this as well. Yes, the offense is top draw. He's so consistent. He's so smooth. Yeah. You know, we know that. And obviously, he came up in a big spot over the weekend with that three-run bomb to win the game. But the other thing as well, the defense is yeah, so is good. so smooth, so smooth. How big of a miss is that going to be out there? I mean, because Brinson's, you know, he's he's okay, but how how much are we dropping off defensively? Do you think? Yeah, you know, it will be a a drop. I mean, I don't know how how bad it'll be. Well, obviously, Marlins Park well, was wasn't that wasn't that Lone Depot Park? You mm-hmm. know, you know, it, 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 you know, it's quite big. So, you know, the, I mean, Brinson Brinson does have have the speed. So, so there is that. We've seen him have some some issues before in the past, but mm. yeah, it, it, it is a, a drop, but not not as bad as it, it could have been. Yeah, I mean, fingers crossed. I guess, guys, because Marte, he's been a stud and there's all this talk about extending him. Clearly, you know, stud centre fielders are just hard to replace. You don't don't have a conveyor belt of stud centre fielders, clearly. I mean, you only got to look at the Phillies. The Phillies are in an absolute mess in centre field. I think the Braves are in a mess in centre field. It's just a hard position to fill for someone that is 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 a top draw glove and a bat that Marte brings. I mean, looking back on that trade, oh my days. We said it at the time. We said it in the offseason. What a trade it was. And it's looking an even better trade. Every game Marte plays, I'm like, wow. What a job that front office did making that deal at the time. And obviously having the extra, extra year of control. So happy days. Okay. Oh, Starling, please come back soon. Sean Barrett. Brinson. It's Brinson season. He's up. I can't remember where you sit on the on the Brinson scale. Um, <laughs> are you, you know, would you prefer someone else? Firstly, or was it was was Brinson the right call? Yeah. So let's start with where I am with Brinson, and yeah, yeah I'm not I'm not the I'm not the warmest to him. Yeah. To you anyway, Pete. <laughs> is it the right decision? It is. Um, it's it's the only decision to to be made. You know, it, it, there's there's no argument. Marte is the hardest player that we have to replace. Not just as you said, the bat, but the defense. You know, we we spoke all season and all spring training about how how having Cooper and Aguilar and Duvall having that extra bat that we still 
going to have that extra bat. We can't plug one of those guys into centre field. No. You know, Duvall, Dickerson and Cooper are all average corner outfielders at best. Yeah, it's a stretch as well. Yeah, that is yeah, a stretch. Yeah, so, so to put one of those in centre is, is just, you, you can't do it. You'd lose so many runs. People were talking about um, it. I've seen on Twitter yesterday, people saying, hey, let's just roll. Let's put Corey Dickerson in centre field. And I was like, holy shit, that would be an absolute shit show. Corey Dickerson... He, I don't know what's going on fielding wise. For me, it's a total lack of confidence there at the moment. Like he looks to me when the ball is coming at him hard, he looks like a rabbit in headlights. Truly does. Like, I feel like he's scared of it. Something's going on mentally there more so technically, but sorry, mate, you're right. I mean, you know, it was never an option, right? To have those three as as a three. And the concern now is with, with Marte gone, he ate up so much of that space defensively. Mm. You know that you know you could almost say to the two corner guys, "Look, you worry about your corners. I'll take that big fat bit in the middle." He's not there anymore. Now, Princeton yeah. is a capable centre fielder. That's fine. Um, you know, we just it is. Marte was is going to be the hardest player for us to replace. And yeah, yeah it's going to, it's going to be three weeks a month uh, at best. Probably what we don't want to do is rush him back. Now no. it's a small bone break, so let that heal. It's not like it's uh, it's anything muscular where he comes back and it 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 could happen again. So hopefully, we just eat it up and say right for the next four weeks we haven't got him. For Brinson, this is it. We we how much time have we given Brinson? How many times have we said this is his chance? This is his last chance. Mm-hmm. This is it. This is his play. He's got playing time. He's got an opportunity. You make it work or that's your major league career done. With Miami anyway. I mean, I, irrespective of what happens here or how it goes, there there will still be a, another chance for him, I think, even outside of Miami. Um, Someone will give him a chance, sure. Yeah. But that's that's, you know, he's going to have to prove himself there as well. It's going to be a case of it's going to be an early leash. Do you start him in AAA and give him a chance to warm up and see what you've got with him? Because that's what the team's going to want to do. They're going to want to see what they've got with him. Take that low investment and say, what have we got here? Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is this is it for him now. He's got to prove his worth. I I mean, you know I'm a Brinson fan. I always have been. Um, and I, I completely agree with you, Sean, that this, this is a pivotal moment in his career right now where the playing time had dried up, clearly, because of the other players and the other chips. It's fair enough. Marte's going down. We need you, Lewis. You're going to come in and you're going to play five of every seven games, let's say. Let's say they do that. Um, for me, for Lewis, that's what you need. You know, you, got, you know you got the playing time. Just go out there, relax. Play smooth, enjoy it, have fun, see what happens. I mean, on the flip side, I mean, really, we've got nothing to lose at Brinson, but Sean, what happens if Brinson all of a sudden gets hot? What happens in three weeks' time? Brinson's absolutely balling out. I mean, he's not taking playing time from Marte. So, you know, what could that mean? You know, it's a nice problem to have, maybe, but, you know, it's a possibility. Maybe faint, but <laughs> it would be yeah, it'd be a fantastic thing to have. <laughs> I mean, at that point, if you know that Marte is is fit and healthy, and you can rely on him for the rest of the season, 
is that where you go, let's maximize this trade opportunity? Mm. And as we've said, this is this is an opportunity for him because at the end of the day, if if Marte's gone for four weeks or even longer, if Marte, uh, if Princeton isn't hitting his weight, literally, then what do the Marlins do? There is nothing they can do because you can't put Mags in every day because he's going to barely hit his weight either. No. So and I got to are... say, just on Mags, you're right. You know, just sorry to uh, cut in there. From what I've seen with Mags in his plate appearances, and they've been limited this year so far, but Mags hasn't been the Mags of 2020. Let's say at the plate, like in 2020, came in had to play quite a bit. Obviously, clearly with all that was going on, and it, he looked a different player. You know, um, and there was some sort of stat about swinging outside the strike zone, how he had the least amount of swings of balls outside the zone and the discipline was there. I've not seen really much of that in 2021. So I, I feel like kind of Mags has, has gone back a little bit. So, you know, we can't be relying on Mags either, right? I mean, Mags is what he is. He's a, a defensive replacement really, isn't he, right? And a, and a pinch runner as effectively his role, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. That's 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 his job. Um, but as you said, he's not had a lot of opportunity, and it's the same with Bertie. Actually, he's he's not had as much playing time as I'd expected or hoped, mm. and he's struggled a little bit. Now, you know, no stolen bases in particular. It, but now with Marte gone, I think with Princeton in, we will see more of Max. We will see more of Bertie, and it is a case of like this is yeah again they've got some opportunity for playing time and. More the more consistent playing time you get, the the you know the easier it's going to be for them. So hopefully, yeah, they, all three of them can contribute. Sort of, you know, going through these four weeks. Yep. Rob Newell, Brinson's up. He's from fresh from the alternate training site. Um, what's he been doing down there? <laughs> what's what's anyone doing in this alternate training site? We're not seeing really much coverage. But aside from that, buddy, the question I've got for you is. You know, what we we saw with Georgie, he had a few days, you know, hamstrings sore, out of the lineup, a couple of days missing. He, when he came back, tons of strikeouts, didn't hit, hit you know, hit his stride quickly. It's going to be tough for Lewis, though, right? I mean, he's going to be dropped in this lineup and asked to, you know, pretty much deliver straight away off what is kind of, you know, middling competition for him, I guess. So pretty tough, I'd say, from in terms of, like, situational for Lewis. I, th- I think Mattingly said that that Marte isn't replaceable. So yeah, again, you can't right. you can't look at Brinson or Magnaris Sierra or uh, John Bertie if they're in centre um, to say that they're going to produce exactly the same um, as what Marte is going to do. So it's tough, but it does give Brinson or Mags an opportunity, because if they don't produce, then there's no point in either of them being on the 40-man at all. Um, the early issue we do have, and it is a, a, you know, when we've been talking about, you know, if the Marlins um, don't look like they're uh, taking a run at the, the you know, the playoffs or the post-series, mm. um, would they trade away? Well, we are, we are still a little bit weak in centre, because if you're not going to give that to Bertie, Brinson, Magnus Sierra, you're left with Monte Harrison. And then below that, it gets even, you're, you're really deep into the minors with players that haven't played for a long time. So you kind of got like Thomas Jones, B. 
aspect of Victor Mesa. That's kind of your senses that, that you're looking at as depth coming up. Maybe right. that, that, that's great for a couple of years down the line, but not now. So you're really relying, you need Monte Harrison just to get some AAA games with the jumbo shrimp bin before you can bring him up. So you, you've got to rely on one of those. There is another thing that could happen is if Brinson doesn't succeed in there, neither does Sierra, you could put Bertie there. And I agree with what Sean says. I think he needs a run. I, I think that's it's a problem with any of those three players. They don't get a run. They're sort of up and down. They don't get the chance to get into a rhythm. If you bring Bertie into centre, then you could bring up Ison Diaz. He's there, uh, you know, as, a, as an infield, got a fill-in option. Eddie Alvarez got plenty of experience uh, at MLB level with us last year. Joe mm -hmm. Denand, how well did he do in spring training? So you've got some infield options that you could potentially bring in if it doesn't work with the outfield. But it yep. is it's tough for Brinson, yes. It is. I, I just feel the expectation should be set accordingly let's say you know he's going to play i think a good chunk in the next three four weeks and i you know what i hope is that he plays tonight it's against the orioles the expectations are high the marlins should should hammer the orioles right we should sweep these dudes they're terrible brinson if, you know if he goes over three over four two games in a row against the orioles next thing is everyone's just losing their minds um, I hope that doesn't happen, but I, I feel like, you know, the perspective should be he's been in the alternate training site for, what, two weeks. Not sure what they're doing. Um, you know, they'll be inter-squad inter stuff and whatever. But I think, I think it's a tough situation. But, um, guys, let's just finish up on, on this Brinson situation. Um, he's in. Where do we see things playing out here longer term? Um, Lee, come back to you on this one, buddy, with, with Brintz. Mags, you know, these are the, I guess, the guys, you know, do we see a situation here where Brinson gets the playing time, makes it happen, sticks, and maybe then Mags has left the odd one out? Or is this going to be, you know, it's going to be Brinson back down when Mags is up? Where do you, what do you see happening here most likely? Well, if Brinson hits well, then yeah, I think he stays and Mags would, would go. Or ideally, if Brinson hits you know, really well, then, you know, as Sean said, we can look to trade him, you know, in that four weeks time or time, or, you know, or like you know, around that that time time frame. So you know, obviously we 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 need him to hit hit well, and then just just see how it goes. But yeah, hopefully for us, I'd be still still looking for for you know a trade. Yeah. Do you think Do you think that's possible? Like how like give me a percentage, uh, you know, percentage wise, Craig Mish style of Brinson traded. In 2021, uh, I still think it's quite low because I still because <laughs> we haven't got any buyers. Is that the problem? Yeah, that's going to be the problem. I still don't think he's going to hit all that that you know, that well. I mean, if he can come in hit, you know, about 240, you know, a couple of homers, you know, then I think you know, yeah, he'll do okay. But that what that won't be enough to find to find a trade partner. But it might be enough to keep him. You know, on the team into the mags, but yeah, it's it's tough. But yeah, I I think about twenty percent here be here be traded. You know, you know, in the in the the season. Yeah, Sean, what about you? What's your Craig Mish uh, percentage for uh, Brinson traded twenty twenty one? Well, firstly, I think Lee's spot on. I think if it's two forty and above, he he sticks with the team. Mm. Anything below that, then you, you you're sending him back down. 
Yeah, uh, he's going to have to hit 260, a couple of home runs, as Lee said. You know, show a little bit of a spark, show good defense. Mm. That's that's absolutely key. There are, there are going to be some playoff teams or playoff hopeful teams that are looking for a centre fielder, not just yeah. for bat, but also for that defense. And that's that's a cheeky cheap price as well. That's probably you know a, a, in the teens prospect of a team to get Brinson ultimately. So yeah, if he just shows a little bit, a little spark, then then yeah, he's he's got a bright future either with the Marlins or someone else. Yep, I, Lee was. I, you're right, Sean, to say. I mean, Lee was. I think Bob on with that assessment really. So you know, Rob, anything further to add on Brinson or uh, or are we done? Uh, I, I, they've said everything they need to say in, in yeah. regards to, to to where Lewis is. I just just hope that he does produce. We we've always here been a bit hyped on him, and um, <laughs> but it is, absolutely, but it is what it is. And the thing is with the, the Marlins, strangely enough, when it comes down, if you compare to it, sort of stats for MLB wide, we're about tenth in regards to hits. So we're you know our our, back, uh, our average is around that area as well. Yeah. So we're doing pretty well. Yes, Marte is a good, you know, probably a tenth of those hits. So it, there's got to be somebody else who's going to step up and perform. But I tell you what, if Brian Anderson really, really kicks on now, yeah. if Alfaro kicks on now, that's where you're, you're, you're gaining back that kind of Marte loss. Absolutely. And it would not shock me for BA to kick on, um, for sure, because he's not been great, BA. You know, actually, I mean, let's segue into some of the offensive uh, production and, and guys. I, I wasn't going to talk much about BA, but now you brought him up, um, Rob. What what's been your view on him? Because for me, he's looked, I, he's looked, he's been unlucky. Is the one thing I'd say. He's had a lot of seemingly well hit balls that just ha- it hasn't fell. But aside from that, too, the strikeouts seem to be up too as well. So is either un is there's a lot of luck going into it that's not going his way. And when he's getting, when he's not having that, he's striking out, which isn't a great combo. So like, what's your sense on him? Is he, is he trying too hard? BA? I, I think it is, I can't say every bat's unlucky, but he has had a lot of fly balls caught on the outfield. A lot of, he's still got hard contact. I just think it's just one of those things. There was, at the start, he was striking out a little bit. You know, I think that's kind of lessened now from what I've seen, especially over the last week. But he was, you know, he was going through games where it was, you know, three strikeouts type thing. Yep. But not now. He, I think he is getting it together. There was um, that, uh, uh, which I can't remember which Braves game it was when he hit the home run um, the first inning. Um, you know, that, that you know something like that kind of shows that the, the guy's still got it. He hasn't completely lost it. I just think it, the, the issue you have, and it's kind of league-wide this, is because you're coming off an odd season. It's a small sample size, and we're seeing what's happened with some of the teams. It's odd, like Oakland lose seven in a row and then win seven. You know, we're seeing loads of that. Certain players being completely off form, um, and uh, you you know you look down and you think blimey that you know that pitch has been blown out he was he was you know absolute rock in like 2019 and I just think it's a small sample size so I think BA will be fine it's uh, it's you know it, it, players go through slumps yeah absolutely I mean BA he's sitting there now 
He's hitting 182, an OPS of 541. So it's been a cold start for BA. You're right about that game, the, the Braves game. is when the bats absolutely went bananas in Atlanta. I think it was against Max Fried as well from memory. So uh, Brian Anderson, Oppo with a Boppo, I think, as well from memory. And Duval with two bombs in that game. The bats came to life. So that was fun. Uh, one other guy, um, Lee, I just want to touch on as well, just player-wise, is... Uh, we'll get into Duval when we do a quick recap of the Braves, but is Georgie Alfaro? So uh, clearly, he was out of the out of the the picture for a few days uh, with his hamstring. He was kind of nursing it back. Tons of strikeouts in his first few games back, but over the weekend, mate, there was two huge knocks from Alfaro. One in the ninth, one in the tenth to get that win on the Saturday in what is, in my opinion, is, was the best win of the year so far in, in, in the final, you know, in, in the 10th. Um, top, top game. But Georgie Alfaro, that's what we want to see. He's hitting yeah. balls hard up the middle. No strikeouts, Georgie. Just get your bat on the get bat on ball. But anyway, sorry, mate. What are you seeing from Georgie, mate? You, you liking, you know, is, is he turning a corner? As I said, the last sort of, yeah, you know, five days or so, yeah, you know, yeah, he looks good. Obviously, he... he because he's had the injury, you know, you know concerns where, where he's been in and out, out the lineup, you know, all, all season really. So now, if he can just get a run going, you know, as we we've seen, you know, you know, with, you know, with, with the big big hits, you know, you know, he's got, and you know, hopefully the the power will come, because because we, you know, because because he he is capable of hitting, you know, fifteen to to twenty bombs. Absolutely. So, you know, if he can can turn that on, then yeah, you know, then I think you know, go go, we're set. You know, because you you see on on Twitter that that everyone still wants a new catcher, mm-hmm. you know, and and it it probably is our weakest spot. So if he can can turn it on, then you know, it, it's going to be be good for the whole lineup. Absolutely, that was going to be the follow up question to you, mate, and you've got you've you've taken it there, so we're on the same thinking anyway. The same day that Georgie Alfaro did that with the two the two big big hits, um, which led to you know effectively a walk off as well in in the tenth. Uh, Wilson Contreras, I think, hit two bombs for the for the Cubs. Um, you know, how likely is it? Let's get your Craig Mishes back out. Your percentages. How likely is it we hit the upgrade button on a catcher at some point this year? We make a move. Uh, I'd. It's fifty-fifty, you know. I, I still think yeah. if Alfaro can just get get going a bit, you know, and the rest rest of the team hits, then there's no real need to give up. And I know, and obviously that that will matter, you know, in what we will need to give up, you know, you know to get Contreras to say. So yeah, if Alfaro can Alfaro can just hit hit, then I think we won't need one. But yeah, I, I'd say it's still about yeah about fifty-fifty chance. Yeah. Sean, where are you on the Alfaro scale in terms of like, dislike, lukewarm? Where where are you? I know where you were on the Brinson scale, but give us your Alfaro scale. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I don't want to go negative again, so I'll start <laughs> with the positive. Uh, so with Alfaro, we we came into this season and yeah, as as Lee said, there's been a lot of complaints. We needed to upgrade on catcher. We should have got this guy or that guy. If you look at what was available, so 
Yadier Molina was available, but he was always going to go back to the cards. That was yeah. that was just the way it was going to work. Yeah. JT, too much money, wasn't going to come back to the Marlins. No chance. Let's screw that one off. And then McCann, James McCann. There was a little bit of sort of buzz about maybe the Marlins bring him in. But the Mets blew the doors off that and, in my mind, overpaid. Agreed. And so they went down the trade option and they had a little look at Contreras. And I think I heard a little bit of information about uh, Alejandro Kirk, um, but the price was too high on him as well. Ultimately, there was not a player available at a reasonable price for the Marlins to bring in. So yeah. that's why Alfa was on the team. There you go. Now, as they said, if he hits well, he's a reasonably cheap option to keep for the next couple of years. Maybe we draft a, a reasonably high catcher and try and progress him, uh, but catchers tend to take some time. Ultimately, I do think that the Marlins would be looking and saying, right, what what are our options in a post Alfaro world? And I think ultimately that's that's what's going to happen. They're going to look at either guys scouting in the minors for a guy that they like the look of. I think drafting the catcher is, is too long in the tooth. You know, mm. you draft a guy this year, he's 18 to 21 years old. Catchers don't really start, you know, learning their trade, becoming a good bat until 25, 26, 27. Yeah. So that's, that's it's too long in the tooth. We Ultimately, if we go with a drafty, then we're going to have to pick up an old guy, get a Kirk Suzuki and have to live with the 220, 240 average or keep our photo and let him do that. At the end of the day, I don't see there being a quality catcher on the Marlins for the next six to eight years. They're, wow. they're too expensive. If we're going to have a, if we're going to have a good catcher, we're going to have to do what we, we did with JT, draft him, develop them, and uh, work the way through the process. That doesn't happen quickly, though. No, it does not. I mean, we had a quality catcher, right? But we made the we made the move and uh, sent him along and, and got Sixto back. So, you know, kind of. But would, guess would, it is. would you have paid what they paid for him? No, I mean, the Marlins were never going to pay that money. So they made the right yes. move. They sold him at the right time. They got the return back that was fair. And, you know, that's just going to be part of the DNA of this 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 club. It has to be. We're not going to be paying out like a Lindor contract or whatever. Like, it's just not ever going to happen. Truly, it never will happen. So, you know, we play a different type of game. That's all good. I'm fine with that. Um but it's, you know, for me with Alfaro, I've always been, <laughs> I've always been up on Alfaro too. Just the tools are there. The upside's there. Um, you know, it's there. It's just, you just need to unlock it. You need to unlock it and just get him to deliver consistently. Um, and I think not only the tools are there for Alfaro, but I also feel that the guys around him, like a James Rouse and whatever, I think they're like the perfect kind of guys to be working with Alfaro. So it would not shock me if he really kicked on, but I don't know. It was tough for him last year. He was effectively benched for the postseason. So, you know, for him, that's a real big mental knock. And what does he do? You know, for me, he went and worked, which I liked. I love that. And I hear him talking about it. He got that walk-off win. Everyone was all over him. Everyone pulling for him. The team want him to do well. Donnie, I think, wants him to do well. Everyone wants him to do well. And it would be a massive boost for the Marlins if he could deliver. 
if all of a sudden he could switch it um, and, and and deliver consistently. But we haven't seen it. He's hitting under 200 this year. Clearly, he's you know very small sample size for Alfaro. Clearly, had some big hits. Won the game on Saturday. So, and he's behind the behind the plate. Um, there's been a few little hiccups, but actually, I think he's been in the main better. Yeah, you said just about his defence. There's been a couple of pass balls um, with Alfaro this year. But if you look at the reasons why he was benched during the playoffs last year, it wasn't for his offensive, because we knew by bringing in Wallace that that wasn't going to be an offensive upgrade. We brought him in because of the defence. I've actually watched a few games with Alfaro behind the plate and seen him steal a few strikes. Mm. And there's been a few games where I've gone, oh, Christ, that's Alfaro, that's not Wallace. I think he, over the off-season, spent a lot of time with his, with his defence. And that's what's the Marlins have seen, and that's why he's back in the lineup. Maybe it would have nice just been seen, you know, a bit more upgrading of the offence. But ultimately, that's the reason he got benched, was yeah. because of his defence work. And I think he's actually improved a little bit. The pass balls, they're a bit ugly from time to time. But Wallach has had that same issue as well. Yeah, agreed. All right, guys. I want to get into, I want to look back a little bit. I want to go back to last week because, listen, it was a brilliant week. Brilliant week for the Marlins. Let's not, let's not overlook this. To go into Atlanta, a four-game series, and to win the series and have a chance of the sweep. And actually, it was a blown save to blow the sweep. So, listen... Marlins went at that series. All the talk was the Braves are the measuring stick. And boy, did we measure up against them. We blew the doors off them in one game against Max Freed. We couldn't get a bat on him all year last year. Nothing was happening against Freed, and we blew him out of there. Um, he blew him up so much, he's gone on the IL, so I'm not quite clear what, what happened there. But um, the other thing to note, guys, so across the whole week, we went into extras three times. Twice against Atlanta, once against San Fran, winning all three of them. So 3-0 and in extras. Yes, we've got three blown saves. Yes, we have. But we've won three games in extras. So, Rob Newell, what, what does it say? What's it saying about this Marlins team? A, going into Atlanta and doing the business, and equally the way they did it, winning two of the three in extras. What's that saying about this team right now in terms, you know, they started slow. But they're heating up. Yeah, I think the, the extras bit is the most interesting thing because in years gone by, we would have always blown those. And I know <laughs> we, we did it in the first couple of weeks. We, we did have some issues there as well. But um, when we've got somebody on second base, they're always going to be fast. And that's the thing. You, you know, yeah. you only want a knock into the outfield and that guy is round. And that, that does make a, a, a good difference that they've got so many athletes on the team. The interesting thing about those Braves games was that the way that it has worked with the Braves, especially over the last couple of seasons, is that we've been with pitching, we've been pretty tight with them. And then just just the strengths that they've got all the way through, not just a Cunier, but yeah. you know, sort of Albies and Freeman, and it just keeps going and going. And it, it, it's always really good. But there is a little few sort of I'd say gaps, like Pache doesn't look quite right he's definitely not a replacement for Duval now he does he's on the like, IL now as well so yeah um, yeah he, he looks like a guy who needed maybe sort of a, a season in AAA again to warm up or a little bit of time you know 
Agreed. For, for somebody who is like a real top prospect. So where the Braves lineup last year was offensively just so super strong, and we always said, ah, oh, the issue is, is the depth of the rotation. Mm-hmm. This time round, even though they've got like, you know, that uh, you know, uh, um, you know yeah. some nice surprises in their starting rotation. I know Freed, as you say, got a bit blown up. The issue seemed to be really with their offense. But where we exploited it was that where our weakness has been, which has been our offense, completely turned on. We talked about sort of Marte. We talked about Brian Anderson's home run. But there was just some, there was just quality all over there. Mickey Rojas was brilliant. Um, you know, we had um, uh, I should try. I think the uh, the other home run was just uh, no. It was Duvall, wasn't it? It was yeah. Duvall's revenge. That was the the two home runs. And you know, seeing we was questioning Duvall in those earlier weeks, and then just seeing who was him, no one. No one was questioning Duvall. No one was. <laughs> well, and it, it was fantastic just to see that. That's what he was. He's been brought in for. Dickinson mm. looking really good at the plate, long at bats, a few hits there. You know, it was it was it was looking a lot lot stronger. And the thing is, is that every inning you kind of went through, there was always someone on base. You almost guaranteed that you're going to get on base. And then with the athleticism you got through, coming through, it was just around the number of times we just saw, you know, you only got a slight error in the outfield, and we were round. And and you know the the Braves are a bit over the all over the place off them. Um, um, uh, with their defence as well, it didn't feel like the same Braves that that we've seen before. But I think that's because our offence is stronger than it ever have ever has been before. Yeah, the Braves they're in an interesting spot, in my opinion. Um, Albies has been slow out the gates. I mean, listen, Ronnie Acuna, insane. Here's the other thing I want to say about that series. I'm glad there was no. No nothing, no dicking around. So because it all just got a bit too much. So I'm glad there was none of that. If Ronnie wants to ball out, let him ball out. The dude is just insane. But here's the good news. Him and Jazz are just going toe-to-toe in a fun way. They just want to make each other better. They want to have fun with the game. They want to hit bombs. Great. Love to see that. No problem with Ronnie. That that's that's the that's the key difference, isn't it? it, yeah. it the, having somebody like Jazz in there, who not just you know hitting the home runs and looking super super confident at the plate and having a bit of a laugh. It is that we've talked about this in the last podcast about that he's got that kind of a, uh, acunia factor, super super confident and cocky. He just he just you know he's having a laugh. He's really really working the the whole sort of um, you know bench and and dug out out to to really really go for it and you know, that's the key change we didn't have anything like that not most of last year we had a sort of a good vibe with Aguilar etc year before that we had nothing like that no no agreed but you look at you know look at the rest of the Braves Acuna's hitting almost like 450 or something insane um one of the best players in the game right now clearly you know Freeman's hitting under 200. Ozuna's hitting under 200. Albies is hitting under 200. Riley's hitting under 200. Like, basically, the rest of the Braves, they're dead. Dead. Um, They've got a problem in centre field, a big, big problem. They've got a problem in left field in the Ozuna camp field. You know, this Braves team, they've got some problems with the rotation. Freed's on the IL. Soroka's late coming back. Um, He's hurt himself again. All of a sudden... It could be one of them where they just never get out of second gear, the Braves. They never do. But by the time they're out of gear, 
who knows? But I mean, it's so early days though, right? I mean, we can't write off the Braves. They've won the division three, three, three years in a row, right? Got to the NLCS last year, a game away, a couple of innings away, I think, from memory. So still a good team. But I loved what I saw in that we matched up well. We, you know, Pablo got a bit knocked around, but in the main, we pitched well and we were a blown save away from a sweep in Atlanta in a four game series. For me, it's huge progress to the Marlins after we were, we were dominated clearly in the, in the NLDS. So, you know, it was what it was. Lee Dobbs, what about this? What about this giant series, buddy? Um, won the first two and then ended up with a, you know, a, a soccer score on the Sunday with a one nil, one nil to the Arsenal in the end on that one. But what were the key takeaways from you from the Giants one? Yeah, I, I say, I mean, it was close to another sweep where we just, we, you know, just couldn't get it you know, over the line again. Yeah, it, it, was a, it was a good series on a whole. I mean, the Giants, I mean, they're, they're a funny team. They, they don't look good you know, when like, you sort of watch them. But they, you know, they, they won a few games. You know, they, they're over 500. They seem to rely on the, on the long ball a lot, you know, yeah, from, from from what I've seen, seen you know, of, of of their season so far. But you know, they look okay. I don't think they there'd be a match for the Dodgers, you know, or Padres out 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 west. So, oh, and and obviously we see him again, you know, was was the next series after this? Yeah. But yeah, you know, but yeah, it was a good good series. It's just a shame we couldn't get get the sweep. You know, you know the brooms were ready again. Oh yeah. But put away. I mean that Pablo start was was I mean he, he didn't look all that great to me but no. nine nine strikeouts which was you know a, 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 a career high and the only run run he gave up was from the error yeah. from Aguilar so you know it, it was a funny start start from him but you know it, on the whole you know it was, you know, it was good good series you know and, and good to you know to win some games at home again series win. I mean, strip it away. They won a series. In in many ways, they lucked out on the Saturday. The way it played out, you know, going into the bottom of the ninth, losing by two, you don't win that that often. And clearly, when you look at the odds ratios and whatever, you know, as the game in play, you know, we did did to them what the Braves did you know, did to us on on the first. You know, they, yeah. they came back and then then we we took it back back from them again. So, yeah, exactly. Good. Exactly. I, it was You're right on the Giants. We're going to see him again for four games uh, out in San Fran. Funny team. You know, we match up with them. It's going to be close. They're, like some, they're going to play as tough, no doubt, but they're a funny old team. And you're right on that Pablo start. Uh, I watched all of it, but I had the sound off because we were doing in-play runs. So I had the volume down, no commentary, plus trying to do my own stuff at the same time. So it's never as easy to get like the full picture. My, my sense was Pablo just wasn't as sharp. He didn't seem as sharp, but then the numbers, you were like, wow, nine Ks all on the changeup. I mean, clearly you can see the changeup was working right, but he was throwing that a lot. I mean, it wasn't like it was, oh, there's the changeup to put him away. It was like, let's just keep throwing changeups and see what happens. Um, so it was an interesting one. I, I thought, I must say, the night before, I know Sandy got, you know, it came a little bit wonky in the seventh, but boy, oh boy, for those six innings, Sandy was an absolute Rolls Royce. He was, I, I'm not, I'm not sure I've seen him better than that. If I'm honest, like I, I was just blown away. I'd had a few beers and it was a late, it was a late one. I was drinking red wine, then I was on the rum. So 
you know, maybe, you know, I was a little bit biased, but boy, oh boy, Sandy was just so good. I'm sitting there just watching it. You know, when you're in a close game, but you're not nervous whatsoever because you were just watching your guy cruise it. And that's what I was watching. It was just cruising it. It was just wonderful to watch. And then things went sideways um, and then they fought back. But fun series, fun series, I think. And the, you know, the Giants, they, they went, they're into Philadelphia now, beat Philly, I think, last night. They're playing Philly tonight again. Philly's lineup looks absolutely terrible. I don't know what they what, what's going on there. That you know, Joyce's out in left field. Uh, Mickey Moniak's playing in center field. Like Philly's lineup looks interesting. Let's say you know, talking about who needs center fielders. If Brinson gets hot, the Phillies need a center field. I'm telling you, they really do. <laughs> absolutely in desperate need. Um, cool, uh, Sean. What about you on on the Giants series, mate? Anything further to add? What have I? I've probably missed some bits, but what were your key takeaways? Yeah, just to take a look at the the week as a as a big picture. Yeah, you take away the Marte injury, and you look back at the week, and you go, "That's that's a great week." Absolutely. You know, to 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 fall at the the final hurdle, but two series wins, a chance at two sweeps. You know, it was a good week. Um, just to speak about the Lopez start as well. You know, obviously bouncing back from you know a reasonably bad start for his for his sort of uh, standards. And also the fact that we still went ahead and won that game was was fantastic. You know, the, the talk all season is, you know, the pitching's great, the offense is terrible. It was a roles reversed. You know, Lopez struggled, but the, the, the team backed him up. You know, I actually, yeah, I watched the game with Lopez, the nine strikeouts all on the changeup. And it was funny because um, the guys on the broadcast even were saying, you know, 0 2, what's he throwing? Oh, it'll be the changeup. You know, we knew he'd thrown a changeup. They knew he'd thrown a changeup. The batter knew he'd thrown a changeup. Yeah. Still couldn't hear. Yeah. You know, there was, and there was an awful lot of talk on Twitter. There was a lot of banter about the whole idea of, you know, the fastball was a little bit okay with the control, you know, and he was throwing 90% changeup fastballs. He needs that third pitch. He needs that breaking ball. And mm. other people chirping back saying, you know, What's it, Matt? He's got nine strikeouts. He's given up an unearned run. Yeah, you know he's he's flying. You know, and I, I agree almost with the the people saying, look, he was a little bit off. Okay, that's fine. You know, he's not going to be on it every game, mm. but he battled. He challenged. That changeup was filthy, <laughs> and there's a reason why Wallach kept calling for it. The guys couldn't hit it. Well, there you go. I mean, what more do you want from the guy? He goes over 100 pitches. He got himself in a couple of jams, you know, along the way. But when he when you strip it away, no earned runs, 9Ks, career high, then gets on the bike, you know, just keeping the steam pumping. I mean, you know, we're getting so picky now. We're picking up going six innings, 9Ks, no earned runs. Like, that's that's the standard that we're talking about now. We're at that level where we're picking holes in that kind of start. And I know, listen, the numbers sometimes, they don't tell the whole picture, right? We all watched the game. And I think we could all see it wasn't sharp in some moments. Like it was clearly, it wasn't fully on. But he's got a pitch that he can fully rely on, that even though they know what's coming, he still gets them out on it. For me, that's a great weapon to have. Like 
truly is. He's all of it. I mean, I'm thinking back, what about a few years ago when Trevor Richards was the same kind of mold? All he'd throw was change-ups. And he had a real spell where he was just insane. Um, you know, clearly things kind of cooled off for Trevor. Um, we hope we hope it doesn't go that way for, for Pablito. Um, but, you know, I, I'm sure, sure it won't. But pitching's been on. The bullpen, Rob, uh, just to kind of round up on these guys, bullpen was settling in. I describe it as, you know, Yimmy, Yimmy's grasped that role, no doubt. I mean, Yimmy had a, had a great week in, in general with saves and wins. And, you know, we had played a lot of extras games and we won them all. So that says to me, the bullpen's doing well. Um, but how are you seeing this bullpen shaping up now? Yeah. Uh, it, it, Yimmy is, is, is the key there because that's took a lot of the pressure off with the bass blown saves. Mm. And so the bullpen is always up and down. Like we saw Pop come in the other night, three strikeouts looked amazing, and then then have a bad day, and they're all going to be like that. Um, John Curtis impresses me quite a bit. Yeah, I think he's somebody mm-hmm. who um, we talked before could could potentially be also another save candidate. Mm-hmm. But um, what's quite nice is that um, it looks like you know Mattingly likes these these sort of built sort of bullpens that you you go in an order and up to the save guy. Then it does look like you can sort of mix and match in now, Bass in there, Curtis in there, Detweiler, who we talked about earlier, who was struggling, not really giving anything away. Um, and then even when we brought in someone like Jordan Holloway, just in just to, to pitch a couple of innings, just to fill in, done a really, really good job. So it's looking quite settled now, where we were really concerned in the first couple of weeks of like, oh my words, this bullpen could be a, a Philly-style disaster. <laughs> it, it definitely isn't um, looking that way at all. So um, yeah, and even you know Adam Simbers, you know, not maybe as uh, uh, as efficient when it comes to earned runs as the others. You still got that different look, haven't you? That uh, yeah. that sidearm action. So I don't think it's a bad bullpen. Um, you know, but it has settled down. But what does help massively um, is when you've got runs to play with. And um, I, I don't think we're as quite as smooth as where we were last year, where we were, you know, really, really hot on the pitching, not giving much away. You know, we talked about sort of Pablo's pitching and you know, letting a few more runs go and stuff like that. But um, but we weren't scoring many either. It was that strong bullpen that was pulling us through. We're not quite. As, as where we were last year yeah there was just on when I think back to last week you know Yimmy it, the, the guys delivered fundamentally um, obviously we had the blown save with Floro I think it was that got blown up in, in Atlanta um, Bassman you know no leverage for Bass but actually starting to pitch well there was an at-bat in particular might have been in the Giant series where I'll need to go and find it actually and, and I'll remind myself what it was he was all of a sudden thrown at the, at the bottom of the zone in exactly what we expected him to be doing. Like I was, I, I remember sitting there watching it going, Anthony Bass, that's the blueprint, big lad. That's what we're looking for. And none of this high in the zone rubbish that's getting, you know, blazed everywhere. I, I sit back going, why hasn't he been doing that? So maybe just Bass is settling in. It was one of those moments where I kind of watched this at bat and went, ah, I wonder if kind of the pennies dropped or he's got his command or something's changed. I hope it does. Uh, I think Sean kind of before we got on air was saying he still thinks that, um, you know, Bass will see some save opportunities, right, Sean? 
Yeah, I think, you know, if you look at the non-save opportunities that Bass had, he's actually pitched reasonably well. Mm. Um, just to sort of talk about the, the team, all the relievers in general, we're 21st in reliever ERA, which isn't great, you know, but we're not too far from the middle of the table. And if you look at the stats deeper, we actually, we have the highest home run to, uh, fly ball ratio. That's Bass. That's all the home runs that Bass and, gave up. I and Blyer. Blyer, yeah. I don't know what's going on with him, but he is going, everyone's taking him deep. What's happening with Richie Blyer? What's happened there? I think, all, you know, you, you always look at that number, the home run to fly ratio, and say, that's going to come down. Mm-hmm. It's too high. It's nearly 20. Nearly it should do a Marlins Park too. We can't hit any bloody home runs, but everyone else can. They all go in miles. Yeah, so I think I think that does come down. I think you could also blame a few meatballs being thrown <laughs> over the over the plate. But if that comes down and we can get a, a 13, 14, 15 uh, best reliever at ERA, that with the starting pitching, that that plays. That's okay. That's okay. I don't yeah. think you know, given the circumstances of the the bullpen, that we haven't spent a lot of money. I think there are some guys out there that are going to get us at least league average play. I guess when you strip it back, the Marlins, what are we expecting? We're expecting a league average bullpen. And if we can get a league average lineup and an above average, i.e. top five, top seven staff, that's the recipe we're looking for with some solid defense and you know plenty of speed knocking around. I mean, that's how we're built, right? I mean, that's, it's the type of team we are. That's when we get into extras, guys. Why you feel that as soon as you get into extras, like, great. You can just sense we're going to take it. Like, the, there's so much speed and, you know, just you can mix and match guys in where you want. Next thing is you've got the right runner on the right base. The next thing is you feel the momentum happening. Um, and you've got guys who want to try and hit in the gaps too. Like, I feel like, you know, a Cooper and Aggie, Brian Anderson, all of them, they and Miggy, all of them, they just want to hit in the gaps. Um, so that's why I like it. I mean, good summary on the pen. I think the pen's improved from where we're at. The, the, the league ERA stuff will change. I mean, we Lee mentioned it last week. There's blown saves, and then there's blown, blown saves. And there was some you know, horrendous blown saves. So, you know, there's a few outliers, I think, in our numbers. So, okay, guys, I think we're bang out of time. We're pretty much on the hour, so... I think we'll wrap it up for this one other than a brief look ahead to um, the, the series now, two game set and then a four game set with Sam Fran. We're going to go around the horn, quick predictions where we think we're going to land. And also we'll then round up, of course, with the emoji of the week. So Lee Dobbs, give us your view for Baltimore and give us your view for the four gamer in San Fran. I think Baltimore, we're finally going to dust out them brooms. Oh boy. We take the series in Baltimore and the Giants going on the road. I think we're split that one. So okay. uh, four two for, for like the, the six games. I'll take that. I mean you take that. Doesn't matter which way, I'd be happy with four two. Sean Barrett, what have you got? I I I can't differ from that. I think Lee's bang on. I think you know, does a does a two game matchup mean a, a sweep? Is that is that allowed? It is allowed. It's confirmed. It's allowed. Okay. And after that, the you know, we've got Castano going, the pitching's a little bit sketchy, maybe. I think, yeah, 2-2 two, two, two with San Fran. I'll take that. 4-2. I'm quite happy with that. 
just trying to work out actually. So the the pitching, the rotation will go. Yeah. So Dan will, Dan Castano will start right. Then you're into the three. You're then into yeah, Sandy, Pablo, Trevor, Nida. Well, yeah, Nida it'll be sorry, won't it? I think it will. I think Nida will be going before. I think he goes before Trevor. So yeah, you'll have as your four. Dan, Sandy, Pablo, Nida. That's what you're going to see in San Fran, isn't it? I'm confusing myself here, but anyway, cool. Rob Newell, what have you got for us, buddy? One of the advantages of playing the Orioles, Orioles as they are is that um, we don't have to face John Means, who nope. is, is looking really, really hot. We've got Bruce Zimmerman and Matt Harvey. and um, But I would be quite careful with Zimmerman because um, the, the two of the games he's played so far have been against the Red Sox, who are super, super hot. Mm-hmm. So even though he, he hasn't got hit for many, he's got hit for three runs and both. So um, I think we may actually struggle in one of these games, not actually win. And I think the Marte shock. So I'm going for a 1-1 um, against uh, Baltimore. I do think we'll win the Matt Harvey game. He, he's looked a little bit more sketchy. Um, then when it comes down to San Francisco, I was a little bit more surprised about how, you know, how good they were offensively. I think we just think of San Francisco as a load of old duffers. <laughs> um, but you know, you just sort of think, you know, sort of, you know, your your Buster Posies and Crawfords of this world and all the rest yeah. of it. Um, but um, yeah, um, Longoria is obviously brilliant, and uh, Yastrzemski looks well. He, looks he, good player. Yastrzemski has. Yeah. He's the pick of the bunch for sure. I've not seen him play. You know, we haven't played him for two years, so he really yeah. the, the bunch for me. Uh, La Stella, they're 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 hotter than 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 you kind of think they are. So, but. Um, I think we could show quite well over there. So I'm going for a 1-1 one, one draw against Baltimore. I'm actually going for a 3-1 over there. I think we'll, um, we'll, we'll pick it up. BA will pick up where Marte's left off and, um, you know, Cooper will, will, will start to get a light. And, um, yeah, I think we'll be fine. Okay. Okay. Well, here's my view on it. I'm deeply concerned, guys. I'm going to put it on the record now. I'm deeply concerned about this week. I feel like we're going into a series that we feel like we should win. And I feel like the Marte, the Marte news is really, really devastating for the Marlins. I, I, I'm, I'm worried about this series. Um, I think we split it with the O's, but it would not shock me if we lose 3-1 in San Fran. It wouldn't shock me at all. Like, I'm, I don't know. I'd love to be, I'd love for it to go the other way, but I could see things going sideways quick with this Marte news, but I hope it doesn't. I hope Brinson comes in, absolutely lights it up. I would love to see it. Um, I'm probably on an island. Well, I I think I am on an island based on what I see on Twitter. No one's with me. So, and we'll see. Guys, let's finish off with emojis and then we are out of here. Lee Dobbs, what have you got for us? Uh, mine, mine would just be the plain and simple, simple number 10 for all, all, that, all that, you know, the extra inning games and wins. Love it. Love it, mate. Good one, Sean. I'm I'm quite an old man, and I'm not good with my emojis. Um, <laughs> but I, I think there must be an emoji for this. I'm I'm seeing Mr. Bump with the bandage around his head. Yeah. Uh, for Marte, I'm feeling a little bit damaged this week. Yeah, I think that's fair. And listen, just get into your phone, hit the emoji <laughs> button, start scrolling. You'll you'll start finding some little nuggets in there. I'm sure. I tell you, if you need, if you do need some serious help. 
Dan Healy's the man for, for emojis. He, he is deep in the emoji game, no doubt. Rob Newell, what have you got for us? Well, it's, it's got to be last seven games. He's got 10 hits, three home runs, five RBIs, an average of uh, 435. I'm, I'm going for a saxophone for jazz. Oh, love it. We have Hey, listen, guys, that, that shows just that. I mean, there's been a lot of talking points this week, but bloody hell, Jazz Chisholm, what, what a player. He is, I mean, he's, he's like a top 10 hitter in the league at the moment, not just in the NL. Like, in the league, Jazz is just looking so comfortable, so relaxed, just electric. And I tell you, that game, that Sunday game, that big, big moment where he got called out of that second base, you know, lifted his knee off. Shit rule anyway. I've already said that. It's a terrible rule. Um, but massive turning point in that game. Like, I truly believe if Jazz has stood on there, um, you know, I think we were second and third base, one out. I think we actually go on to win that game uh, at that point. Him getting called out, I think it was a big, 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 big loss for us there. So... His defense as well is just just fantastic. And there was a bit in that first San Francisco game where there was a double play, which was Jazz, Miggy, Cooper. And he got it. And him and Miggy seemed to work so well together. And it was just a quick throw to Miggy, Miggy on base to Cooper. It was just just amazing. They 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 they, they work so well. He's he's great. Air Rojas. Air Rojas was back, right? 2021 version. All right, guys. Well, I'll let everyone get out of here. But firstly, I'll drop my emoji of the week. And for me. It's not that nice to look at, but it's the rock emoji. And it's for Yimmy Garcia. For me, he is absolutely transcended out of this bullpen. He looks the real deal. The Marlins have got a stud here in the pen. Yimmy Garcia, the rock. Love to see it. Guys, we are bang out of time. We've gone just over an hour, so not bad for us. Uh, that is episode 89 in the books. We are about one hour away from the first pitch as well. Let's see. What time are we starting tonight? Uh, 11.40 hour time, I believe. There we go. So we are one hour and three minutes away. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to quickly get off this call. I'm going to put it up and I'll let everyone enjoy this before first pitch. Um, maybe not. I don't know. Might be a stretch. But guys... Lee Dobbs, Sean Barrett, Rob Newell, the UK GOATs, as always. Uh, that is episode 89 in the books. We'll be back next week, uh, of course, with episode 90. We're into the 90s. Can you believe it? Um, so, you know, only 10 away from the century. Love to see it. Um, guys, appreciate the time. Great talking, as always. And to the listeners, stay safe. Go Fish. Go Fish.